I'm sort of a sponge. I do a lot of listening. You know, to be a designer is just all about listening and, and coming up with things that are going to work for a client, no matter what, uh, whether it's residential or commercial. So it's a lot of listening on what they want, what they think they need. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Communication is multifaceted. It is what we tell people, but it's also what people perceive. What does your physical workplace communicate? COVID has impacted organizations and led to hybrid and work from home models. Few have downsized their offices while it seems more have ended up exploring expansion of their offices. Because of this and safety concerns, there have been more efforts put in to redefine and redesign workspaces. We're happy to have my good friend, Kim Carlson, the principal and owner of Misguided Angel Interior Designs, both of commercial and residential design, joining Twins Talk It Up. We're gonna be exploring what it takes to make work more collaborative, creative, inclusive, and yes, safe. We're gonna also discuss with Kim the impact of design to creating a safer environment for employees. So ask yourself this question, what does your workplace need? Is it just a fresh coat of paint? Is it just a declutter? Or do you need a designer to come in and help to create the right type of atmosphere where employees can feel safe, where they can feel they can thrive and ultimately help the company to be more productive? Kim, welcome to Twins Talk It Up. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Danny. And from time to time, Dave and I will let our audience know who's chiming in to ask a question. Uh, so Kimberly, please tell us about your leadership journey and where the name Misguided Angel Interior Designs came from. Um, I have been doing interior design since 1986, which is practically uh, forever. I graduated from college with a degree in design um, in Canada, in Toronto. And actually, that's where the name came from. Friends of mine um, are in a band. They run the band called Cowboy Junkies. And this was one of their big hit songs. And it just struck such a chord with me when I was younger. I always envisioned, you know, having some kind of storefront with a big purple awning that said Misguided Angel Designs um, and go from there. But I, I don't have the storefront, but uh, I have the company, which is wonderful. And it's good. So I graduated in Toronto and we moved down to the States and I got another additional degree in interior design. So it's really all I've wanted to do. That is phenomenal. That is awesome. And by the way, my wife was born in Toronto. So uh, nice. She, we do have that Canadian connection a little bit. Uh, what are the things that leaders of organizations don't understand about design? And what are the misconceptions as it's just not about the look that you're designing for, oh, no. but also the feel, correct? 
It's the function, you know, nine, 90% of the time, it's not the look. You can have the best looking place in the world, but if you're sitting uncomfortably, you're staring at a TV that's in the wrong spot, your couch is too big for the room. It's, it's amazing. So I, basically I, I help people figure out their spaces, um, you know, and especially with COVID, you know, what is an office? Is an office somewhere you go to? Is it somewhere in your lower level? Are you going down steps to work? Are you driving to work? It's created such a, you know, a change in what we're, as humans, used to to doing in terms of work and home and, and everything else. This is David, Kim, and I appreciate you coming on. And, and what really is encouraging about you is you've kind of given us insight into what it means to go into a space, help the, safe, the, the space rather, to feel functional, help the space to give this sense to employees and employers alike that it's, it's an environment that's welcoming. It's one that's conducive for those that want to work, be productive and grow and thrive. But Kim here, as you know, my company and what Dan and I do, a lot of our work is concentrated on what we call verbal and nonverbal communication. We provide training on this. Can you talk yes. about how design and spaces communicate a particular message to those that are working there? Absolutely. Um, you know, you especially with COVID, you know, we have, have learned how to spread out and be safe and, you know, not be on top of each other. And it's, it's created, you know, a whole different mindset for commercial design. And that's one of my jobs is to make sure that people are in there, you know, one, feeling positive and productive and two, being in a safe environment. So it's involved a lot of, you know, spreading things out, figuring out how it's all going to work. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the, the companies that I design for, they're, they're doing satellite workers. So people are working from home. There isn't as much condensed um, work and you know even for business managers and directors how to coordinate all of that you know I, en I end up getting involved in you know as well how it's going to work efficiently and safely for for employees and and you know directors as well yeah Kim this is Dave again and if I can ask a follow-up question to that we're talking about these safe environments and for those that are actually coming back to the office now or some that are actually working in the office, uh, whether it's a part-time or hybrid model, there have been more efforts or at least communication around prioritizing infection control in their design of workplaces. This includes mm -hmm. uh, hand hygiene stations, it includes physical barriers, or maybe even now technology where you have touchless systems uh, yes. really generated by sensors. Um, how are you really integrating those in your designs and are clients more welcoming of that? I think clients are more welcoming, especially after the last two years of just so many uncertainties, but I'm even getting involved in air duct systems, you know, cleaning air ducts, having things healthier, um, you know, from, from the front door in. So it's, you know, air carpeting, getting rid of carpeting, which sometimes can hold, you know, dirt and and viruses and going for you know different flooring so it's yeah it's all different um hand sanitizer dispensing stations are everywhere um you know and as are clear you know plexiglass things um i find a lot of people are still wearing masks in businesses you know it's certainly something to think about but no it's uh it's it's more than just having you know a hand sanitizer at your station it's involving you know the whole you know from the ceiling down and get involved with that. I work with a lot of really good, you know, technical trade people who who do that. And it's always a collaborative effort. 
We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is Dan. That's fantastic because uh, in our world, we do a lot of conferences, a lot of road shows, a lot of events, and right. we have to make sure that we provide uh, the safety yep. that people are looking for because you're talking to a lot of people. You're shaking yeah. a lot of hands, and so we, we have to yeah. have those. And we're grateful that some of the events we go to, they do have the hand sanitizer station. Not all of them, but some of them do. Uh, so I really appreciate that. And that leads into my next question. You know, talk about your process for designing a space. Uh, for example, discovery, proposal, design plan, implementation. Uh, what does that look like? And then how can great design help instill confidence and comfort for the employees and for visitors. So I know that's a two-part question, but love to understand your process, number one. And then number two, how does this instill confidence in, in the people that you're working with when, you, when they work with you in your designs? Right, well, okay, first part, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, when somebody calls or is refer, I mean, I do an awful lot of referral business. So people, you know, my name's been out there. I've been in Baltimore about 20 years. Um, they've seen my work, you know, in various places. So initially, it's a, you know, a complimentary consultation, I need to go out to the space, see whether it's residential or commercial, what people are looking for, um, whether it's a ground up new build, or whether it's just fixing, you know, a problem that they have and going from there. So it's usually about a one or two hour consultation. I'm sort of a sponge. I do a lot of listening. You know, to be a designer is just all about listening and, and coming up with things that are going to work for a client, no matter what. Uh, whether it's residential or commercial. So it's a lot of listening on what they want, what they think they need. And I found in the last 10 years, just because of social media and because of, you know, just cable TV and design shows and HGTV, before people had asked a lot of questions and now, you know, they think they want, I think I need. And they really need somebody with, I mean, it's experience. It's experience and technical knowledge more than anything else that I'm able to provide as well as space planning. I find the majority of, of, clients 
don't have any idea of, of spatial needs. You know, you look at a room and it, I would like to put a couch in here that's yeah. this big and you've got this much room and you're too close to the TV or in a conference room, they're too far back and they can't access things. So it's it's about experience really and just knowledge that that I have through my training. So what I like to do is come up with some ideas initially, take them back to whether it's a board of directors or a manager or or whoever or you know clients and sort of show them some things I think will work and then I have a contract obviously contractually based that needs to be signed and then we go on from there but I find the biggest thing I can give you know one of the most important reasons to hire me is to just benefit from the experience I have I will prevent anyone from making those mistakes and again it's not looking pretty it's got a function you know, that's wherever it is. Function comes first. Aesthetics are always second. That This is Danny again. And I apologize, Dave, you wanted to jump in. I have another question, a follow-up question to that one. I love this. Uh, so you had talked about your experience and learning and understanding. You're asking lots of good questions. Um, how important is listening skills? Because you just said, hey, somebody want a big old couch and it's not going to fit in that particular space. But with the designing, with the work, instilling confidence, I'm sure all of that is important, but listening to what the customer is really valuing is just as yes. important. So tell us uh, how important is listening skills and developing your listening skills have been in order to grow your business? Listening is, in, is incredible. You know, I it's what they want and what they need. And sometimes clients have a hard time expressing that. So it's really, I'm an interpreter more than a listener. You know, I've got to take what they're saying and make sense out of it and then give it back in terms of this will work because, um, and go from there. But yeah, listening is huge, you know, without listening. And it, it depends if it's a board of directors and everyone's talking at the same time and they all have different ideas or, you know, if it's a husband and wife and she wants, you know, grade five quartz on her countertop and he's budget conscious and you know it's it's interpreting what people's needs and wants are and then providing solutions that work for them kim this is david and i want to ask you a little follow-up to your listening and trying to work with organizations that understand budgeting that understand the productivity that's needed from their employees but let's mm -hmm. talk about wellness. Wellness has been a hot topic lately, at least around my circles and people I'm working with and how do we manage stress? How do we factor in our mental health in terms of our employees? So I wanna ask you how you factor wellness in your designs. I would imagine right. that when you're creating spaces, you're looking for certain experiences, you're looking for functionality, but now that we're looking at organizations facing what we call post-pandemic or still coming through this pandemic, we're, we have to look at how wellness impacts the organization. So how might working in a global pandemic in, uh, environment impact the overall well-being of our employees? And how do you factor that in to your design, Kim? Okay, well, two things. One, you know, the, the need to recover from a busy work schedule is important. Like our houses have become our havens completely. So, you know, restful, tranquil, calm um, is important. Um, at work, again, you know, there, there's a whole color theory about things and certain colors work better and more, you know, give more productivity than other colors. So that factors into things. And I always talk to the, you know, the higher ups, um, the directors and stuff about that. And it factors in, but just comfort, having a comfortable chair, having a desk that's the right height, having room to spread out. Um, is is super, super important. 
you know, um, and I find that the more people who are working from home, um, you know, our home has been a refuge for the last two years. So that's giving, you know, an added sense of, of wellness to people as well. So it, it is, it is very important. Kim, I, I want you to continue in your thought here because something that came across my email feed were articles around workplace environments. And there was something I believe that positive psychology research, there was some kind of research about positive psychology that mm-hmm. I happened to come across and it spoke about, or at least I've read from it, that when employees are feeling supported emotionally, when they're feeling supported, that they're much more productive, that they're increasing their output, they're more efficient yes. in their workplaces. So what also came out was interesting is that work places now are also offering financial packages to help spruce up homes, to help spruce up offices within the homes. And they believe that 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 can also impact the productivity. And can you talk a little bit more about what you've seen your employers or the examples of companies you work with and what they're doing to support their employees outside of learning to uh, give financial packages or even welcoming your ideas on color scheme and other aspects of uh, design? Right. Well, I have not been hired yet from a company to design home workspaces, but I mean, what a lovely idea. You know, I do it professionally all the time, but it would be fun. But basically, you know, right now and through COVID, our world is almost overstimulated. You know, it's just, you know, we're losing the nurturing part. We're just so busy and time constrained and and, and just channeled into, you know, we have to do this at this time and whatnot that, you know, home to me is just important people feel a need to connect you know with their spaces and when i design something it's not just design it's really giving people a lifestyle that's that's theirs and that is calming and enhanced to what they have you know that's a lot of the reason people come to me and the same with work as i said you know having just a positive nook or an office or whatever that they can go to that's their safe. Yes, they're going to be more productive. Um, I find one of the biggest things that I have been doing is bringing color into offices because they're so bland and they're so devoid of personality. You know, even giving someone a focal ball that's, you know, red or burgundy or blue or something and just, you know, pictures and and making it more like a home. Um, I've been doing a ton of that with clients all over Baltimore, you know, in the last, probably the last year, as people are starting to reemerge. Kim, this is David again. And if we pause for a second and you're listening right now to this episode and you're really intrigued by what our guest is sharing make sure you are subscribed to twins talking about make sure you're supporting this program this is how we're able to bring a credible guest like him onto the show kim i want to go back to something you said earlier that you're listening you're facilitating you're trying to figure out how to find that balance when you're dealing with let's say managers who are responsible mm-hmm. for helping to bring in design or you're dealing directly with the board of directors and i know personally working with a board of directors now with an organization that i'm a part of that it can be very difficult to have those conversations Typically, they're not in that space day in and day out, but they all have opinions. They all have their ideas, and they're all strong-willed about it. So how do you handle difficult or challenging conversations with clients who are either very strong-willed or they're just indecisive? And there's a big difference between those. Um, Yeah, directors, board of directors, they're all there. They're alphas. They are almost the best at what they do. They 
are not designers. You know, they don't know what makes a space work and what really doesn't. Um, you know, I'm an expert. I've been doing this for an awfully long time. I may not be able to run a multi, you know, multi-international business and coordinate all of that, but I can make, you know, your offices, your lunchroom, your conference room, something to be proud of that, that work. So it's interesting. I, um, you know, generally, a lot of the boards I work with are men. It's changed. There are a lot of, of women. And it's it's just, I have to be confident enough to be able to tell them what I think is going to work because I am trained in interior design. You know, it's not a hobby. This is my full-time job. This is all I've ever done. Um, and I know what works and what doesn't work. So they're really paying me for the experience to be able to take them down a road that they're going to be comfortable with in the end. And sometimes it's a leap of faith. Sometimes when you have eight people sitting around a conference table, and they're like, I don't know if that's going to work. It's like, you know, trust me, this is what I do. You know, I've got the graphs, I've got the pictures of befores and afters, I can show you all the details. You know, if you want to get involved, hands down, I can show you every part of what we're going to do, and how the process is going to work, but it, it, uh, it works. Indecisive is a whole different ballgame. That's helping people be able to make the decisions um but yeah each one is completely different you know the alphas of the world still need designers so you know i i'm it's not intimidating to me to walk into a room of you know 16 people who have the idea um it's coordinating you know it's like herding kittens sometimes but it's coordinating all of those ideas to make a solution that's going to work for the good of the company this is danny i, I love that the fact that you are bold and i oh, want yeah. the audience to understand something when you are the expert and you've been brought into an organization to help a client and you have heard them, you understand what they value. Don't forget you're the expert. Sometimes it's okay to be firm. You're the mm -hmm. expert. So audience, yes. remember that. Uh, this is Danny. I have a quick uh, two-part question for you. One is how do you attract the right clients? Because with all the work that you do, I'm sure you only want to work with certain types of clients. And then number two is uh, tell us a little bit what you've learned over the years about selling, some of your selling skills that you've picked up over the years as well. So it's just a two-part question because I That's think it's very important with our audience. Right? Your audience, you should only work with people and organizations you like because if you don't, you're not going to have a great attitude. You're going to have frustrations and headaches. So tell our audience today, how do you find the right type of clients? And then two, over the years, what did you learn and what have you picked up when it comes to selling skills? What have I learned about selling? Again, it's being a good listener. I have to figure out what their budget is or what they would like their budget to be to be able to provide certain things. There's no way I'm going to sell you a Lamborghini if you want a, a Prius you know, or a couple of Priuses. So it, it, it's, again, it all boils down to listening and being able to... Um, to do that. So it, yeah, I'm not going to oversell something and depending on the business, how long they're going to have it, if they're keeping, if it's a family business, that's going to be there a hundred years, if they're making it profitable to be able to flip it, um, you know, all of those factors do, do come into consideration when I'm, when I'm doing things, you know, same with a home. Are you living in this for 20 years? Are you going to love it? Are we getting it ready for resale? Are we going to put in cheaper things or do you really want to have a show place, you know, that's yours. Um, so that's part two. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I've learned over the years that even a small job can lead to, to larger jobs. So, you know, when people are like, oh, it's just a powder room, you know, it's a powder room now, but it could be the kitchen in five years or 10 years. It could be the conference room right now. It could be, you know, a bigger location. So word of mouth is really huge. And I love that because when I get a referral, they have an idea of how I work and they've seen the results, which is terrific. Um, I do, I'm sure we'll get to marketing and, and talking about how I do advertise down the road in this um, podcast, but it, no, no client is really a bad one. It, again, being a good listener. I mean, there, there have been maybe three times that I've gone out and seen yeah, one commercial and two residential. And it's like, no, you know, I, I can't, I can't do this. You know, it's just weird. I had one company that just wanted me to hang pretty artwork, you know, around their location in their offices and in their lobby. And it was like, you know, these pictures mean nothing to you. You know, you are a company that makes machine parts for something. Why don't we hang up pictures of your machine parts and bring in, you know, just the, the, you know, what you guys do and the heartfeltness. And they were just like, wow, this is amazing. So I, you know, ended up making 30 by 40 canvases of what they did and they were thrilled and it made sense mm -hmm. instead of just generic, you know, whatever that, that has emotion ties into businesses or homes, you know, yeah, and that's, that's so important. This is Danny again. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up because you basically help the client to say, you're what's valuable. You're what's important. Mm -hmm. And people need to be able to see that. So to be able to hang up artwork or things that reflect the business is sometimes just huge. as valuable than just to hang up generic artwork that we're gonna we're gonna um, put up. So just like David's background, that shows uh, the, a picture of David and myself and a copy of our book. So a side note, <laughs> listen to our audience members. If you haven't picked up our book, please go on Amazon today and pick up our book called Talk It Up. A guide right. to successful public speaking. So, Kim, you had brought up this great point uh, when you talked about attracting the right client and some sales. This next question, of course, you led into it is tell us a little bit about marketing because I think at the end of the day, as an expert entrepreneur, we are all good at what we do, but sometimes we're not great in sales and sometimes we're not great in marketing, but we still need that in order to find the right type of client that we can provide our expertise and our services to. So, what type yes. of marketing have you tried and how has it been effective for you? I would say, well, obviously website, you know, that's, that's without a doubt important. Um, you know, having mobile accessibility, the website is huge. People can look me up on the phone. They can do that. They've heard my name, you know, and they want to explore it further. So that's number one. Um, you know, basically I have a makeover Monday on my Facebook page and every Monday I show a before and after and it can be anything, you know, it can be a huge kitchen, it can be hanging up artwork. So it really depends, but it shows what is possible and gives people ideas. I get a great return on that. I advertise on a local radio station in Baltimore. Um, and it's not a conglomerate, which I really like. It's a, you know, one-off um, single station. And, you know, it's like family. It's been wonderful. And it's, um, you know, it's classic rock. It's sort of that demographic of 50 to 75-year-olds they have money, you know, they're yeah. downsizing, they're upsizing, they're buying vacation homes over, you know, over on the Bay and, and they call, you know, which is just terrific and no other designers advertise on a radio. So I found that, you know, it was a big commit 
you know, eight or nine years ago when I started, but they also let me voice my own spots. And that's huge because people are like, hi, it's Kim Carlson for Misguided Angels Designs. Like we heard you on the radio. It's like, yay. So, you know, that's a good one. And then old, like totally old school. I have a banner um, that's four by 10 feet up at a recreational um, site, uh, you know, around the corner from me that does, it has a nice rink and it has an indoor lacrosse field and people are stuck sitting there for an hour and a half watching their kids. And there's like a huge me up there. And it's amazing, you know, how people just, Oh, I could get a kitchen. I could get a bathroom. I could get whatever. So, you know, and it's hit or miss. I've done some stuff that I've advertised on things that, you know, there's no ROI and it's like, oh, I'm not doing that again. So it's, it's a learning curve, but I find what I'm doing now, again, with the experience that I've gained is, is working and it's a, it's a really good thing. Kim, this is David. And I love that you have learned to take advantage of the marketing efforts that best bring you the right type of people and you and I both have children around the same age and it's interesting <laughs> that you say it hey, when you're watching your son play lacrosse or when you're watching your child play lacrosse wait a second oh, yeah. there's a better there I am right there and I love oh, I know. <laughs> yeah and it's it's amazing how many people you know up there and you know the ice rink and the you know the soccer field and the lacrosse field inside um that was a good one and it was just because I was sitting there for you know an hour and a half three times a week it's like I should really put my name up there people would see it and uh you know it worked really well for a time and the radio's good and yeah and I do you know some other things too I've got a you know full set of brochures and and whatnot that I can mail out I can hand out at events um I'm a member of our chamber of commerce, which is, has been huge. I've been a member since 2000. Um, and there's always, there's always some interconnect that I get through the chamber members. So that's been a really, a really nice thing as well. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Jim, this is uh, David again. I'm going to ask a little follow-up to that because you got yourself involved in certain organizations you got yourself involved in marketing that works for you. And for listeners that are out there, if you own a small business and you look at your marketing efforts, if something's not working, 
figure it out. Go somewhere else until you find the right niche for you. And Kim said, look, I don't have to be on the biggest station in Baltimore. I found the right niche that brings me the right type of audience. Kim, what do you enjoy more, working with personal residences or do you literally enjoy the commercial spaces? Because I know you've done some design on malls, but what do you enjoy more, the personal or the commercial? Um, commercial, there is no real emotional attachment. Whereas if, you know, if I was designing Danny's house or your house, you know, it's from the heart you want because you're there all the time. Um, when I got out of college, my first design job was actually renovating six funeral homes mm. um, in New Jersey. And, and that's something nobody thinks about, but it's got to be tasteful. You've got so many different people. It's such a sad occasion. It's got to be nice. And that taught me an awful lot. I mean, that was a huge job and I was thrilled that they took me on to do it, but it, um, it, it that was very emotional, you know, just, and the things you don't think about how people who are deceased have to be made up and are they being made up in the room and you know how all of the back thing you know all the back end that the public doesn't see you know has to go on so that was uh that was interesting but I love doing both you know big businesses or law offices or or spaces are still they they need to be done well for people and function so it's it's good um residential yeah it's much more emotional you know, but it, it's a different animal, but they're both very nice. I love both. Kim, this is David again. And I want to ask you about the relationships that we have together. I know we're both involved in certain groups together. I'm on a board of a chamber that you're a part of. We both had a, a local networking group that we're a part of. What I've always enjoyed about that group is it's full of different, what we'll call characters. These are business leaders from different backgrounds. We have those in the financial sector, those in the service sector, you have myself in there, you, you know, they're, they're all over the place. And yet, even with these leaders, you've never shied on your opinion. You never shied on ideas. You continue to, to push the envelope, so to speak. Talk about the strategic partnerships that you're able to leverage through your networking and why, for our listeners out there, you should find those few networking groups or those few strategic partners that you leverage and continue to build together right strategic partnering is is so important and i find you know with talking about our referral group all of the people involved are are alphas they're at the top of their game they've been in it long enough they're not scared to make decisions they know what's what will work well you know i mean we all can always have more advice on what will work and what won't but they're at the the pinnacle of their careers and that's what i found so interesting just to gain insight from all of them and and things that i might not have thought of that would work and oh why don't i try that or oh this worked for them maybe so you know i i design spaces for a living but you know talking to some of the upper echelon of you know finance or or contracting or or you even you know with all of what you've done it it's it's learning and i i like to be a sponge and i like to learn i i think it's important you know, to learn one trick or one positive thing during the day. If I don't learn something new every day, it's a waste of a day. Hmm. I love that. This is Danny. I I love the fact that you said one, right? Learning something one new a day, something positive every day. Because as entrepreneurs, it's some we have this. It's a long journey, and uh, at times we think, <laughs> hey, 
Why am I doing this? Why am I moving forward? What am I thinking? What is going on? I can have a regular job, less stress. But to find one thing positive, one good thing is a great motivational factor. And that leads me to this question real quick. In your long journey as an entrepreneur and as a leader, what are you most proud of? Actually, I'm most proud of starting in Toronto, moving to New Jersey, moving to New York, moving to Seattle, moving to Vancouver, moving to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and coming here. Um, it's given me a real, real world sense of, of what goes on on both coasts, both countries. Um, I feel very privileged to, you know, it's been, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but I, I feel very privileged to be able to have all of that knowledge, you know, from being there and learning all these different things in my career. That's awesome. I love that. This is Danny again. I think it's very important that you lived in a lot of cities, by the way. And that is awesome. It gives you a chance to pick up culture from all the different cities and how people feel the regions, different styles and designs and choices, yes. right? That people have everywhere. Um, and so this next question from the journey aspect, you talked earlier that you had to sometimes be fearless, sometimes be bold when you meet with leaders, specifically if it's a room, uh, boardroom, probably of all men. Uh, and can you tell us and our audience members how you were able to stand your ground and to be confident and allow your confidence to come out to showcase your expertise? Because a lot of people that we work with, they're entrepreneurs as well, but yes. they're fearful, right? They're just fearful to showcase their expertise in a way that says, look, you hired me for a reason. And I, because I know that that's probably been, been a case for you. And then mm -hmm. when you tell us that, was that the most fearless you've ever been in your life or there's other areas outside of this that you've been fearless? <laughs> um, no, but it, again, it boils down to, I'm an expert at, I, I mean, I think I'm an expert at what I do. I've been doing this forever. I've got a lot of knowledge. I've got a lot of experience and I like to be able to convey that to people. Um, you know, I'm not an expert at some of the boardrooms I'm in, you know, of what they're doing. Sometimes I don't have a clue what they're doing, but I can take, the knowledge that I'm gaining from them and be a really good listener and be able to channel that and give back something that, that really works. I mean, in my world, it, I mean, a goal of mine is to build a house or a business with just women contractors, not men. Cause I mean, all of my teams are men, my electricians, my plumbers, you know, everybody. So I, you know, I'm in a world basically dropped in and, and have to be the boss of, of, you know, an awful lot of men. I do have some, there are more women in the field now, which is just terrific. But again, if I'm sitting in a boardroom listening to all of these ideas coming in, they might not know design, but they know what makes their business work. So I've got to take that information and channel it and give them back something that is going to make them, you know, productive, make money and, and, and work as, you know, aesthetically as well as um, physically. Tim, this is David. I want to say that in hearing your conviction, your perspective, and how you're working with strong personalities, how you're delivering, at the end of the day, incredible design that reflects what they really want, what they really need, and I love that. Why designing a space is so important. Look at our environments. Look what we've come through as mm -hmm. a world in our society. We are putting our employees in positions to thrive. And part of that starts with the design of the environment in the workplace. Because of those designs, it can make employees feel safe. It can lead to a sense of wellness and allow your employees to feel that their space reflects and involves 
their best interests. So design your space with your people in mind. Design your space with experts like Kim so that she can help you create an environment that can be an exciting place for your people to be in. I wanna thank Kim for joining our program. I'll tell you this, working with her personally, she has an incredible, incredible perspective on helping organizations to be where they wanna be, helping them to get the most out of their space, the most out of their people. And this is why it's important to strategize with experts like Kim. So Kim, thank you for coming on our program, sharing some thoughts. If you wanna learn more about Kim, visit her website, misguidedangeldesigns.com, and you're going to see her work you're going to learn her love and affinity for music, and you're going to be able to see that leaders like Kim are all around us. Kim, thank you for joining our program. You're very welcome. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Danny. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.